This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, PERMA student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Food Factor podcast. This is kind of a special episode because it is a recording of a training I did in my group, my Facebook group called Food Factor Nutrition Community. It was a special training event that I did titled Why You Keep Falling Off the Nutrition Wagon and How to Stay on It. And this training came about, as you will hear, from years of working with people and hearing them use that phrase. I don't, I'm not on board with that phrase hundred percent. I, I kind of, I uh, don't really align with that. Um, but that's what people would keep saying to me. And so I decided to make a training to talk about why this happens, why we resort back to old habits and how we can set the stage for new habits to actually stick, especially now, you know, at the time of this recording, it's, uh, the middle of December and people are kind of winding down the year and ramping up for the next year. And, it can be a thing that a lot of people think about is what should I set as a New Year's resolution? Or maybe you're the type that refuses to set a New Year's resolution because they quote unquote don't work. Um, Whatever the case is, there is a reason why no matter what time of year you fall off track or you don't, you know, get back into your groove or, you know, something happens and you resort back to old foundational habits. So this training is all about that. It was done on Facebook Live and there was a PowerPoint presentation that I was kind of going through. It's only about six or seven slides, Um, but I have included the image that I was going over in detail in the show notes. So if you want to pull those up or look at it later, it might help make sense of what in the world I'm talking about if you can kind of see that graphic as well. Um, But I also have the link for a couple of the resources mentioned also in the show notes. I will include those in uh, as well so you can kind of look through that. And I do discuss the upcoming cleanish eating program at the end with a special coupon code. So if you stay to the end, you get the coupon code and you can use that when you enroll in the cleanish eating program, which I will be talking about at the end of the training. So So I will let you listen to this training now. I will stop talking. I hope you enjoy it. And if any questions come up, let me know. All right, we will get started. And again, I cannot see comments because of my screen is being shared. So I will address if there's any comments or questions, I will address those at the end. But we are here today to talk about why you keep falling off the nutrition wagon and how to stay on it. So if you are here or if you're listening to this later or watching the replay of it, um, chances are you are recognizing the fact that maybe you do this or maybe you know somebody who does this and you want to know why. And that is completely what we will be talking about and diving into today. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time introducing myself because many of you already know me, but for those of you who are new to the group or watching the replay of this later on or listening to the podcast months down the road, I'm going to do a quick intro. So my name is Stephanie Mahachek and I am a board certified clinical nutritionist, a certified nutrition specialist, and a health coach. 
And I have over 12 years of experience working with people on their nutrition, their fitness, their wellness, and their habits. And it is weird for me to say 12 years. I don't feel like I'm old enough to have 12 years experience of anything, but here we are. So during that time, I started picking up on patterns that clients would say. So things like I fell off track or I fell off the wagon or I didn't have the willpower. And I started looking deeper into the cause of for these situations. And finally, I realized the universal reason for people falling off the wagon. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. So for those of you listening in South Carolina, I am up in the Spartanburg area and I'm the mom of four. So chances are you've seen me and my amazing tiny humans who challenge my sanity daily, but also make me a better person. Um, We're probably out at the soccer fields and and the grocery stores and the playgrounds and all of that. So uh, say hey next time you see me, but that is where we are located. All right, so over the next few minutes, we are going to go over what the situations are that cause someone to fall off track and what that does to their body and mind. Mind is a big one. Uh, We are also going to talk about why this happens. Like I said, there's one universal reason that this occurs as to why someone would fall off or fall back into bad habits. And we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about what you need to do Uh, and how to solve this problem so that you stay on track and you hit your health goals. So we have all been there, right? You set a good intention or a healthy goal and you start off strong. So January 1st is coming up. It usually rolls around and and you're, you know, you're geared up to quit smoking or start at the gym or to eat healthier. And the first couple of days go by and you're like, I got this, no problem. Then the next week or so goes by and you may be a little less confident. And then maybe you get sick or you have to care for a loved one or some sort of stressful event happens and you go right back to your previous habits. Or maybe you hear about a new diet and you're like, yeah, I'm going to try that. That is going to cure all my problems. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that one. Or you, you hear a friend that tried it and got some results. So you start out well for, you know, a little while. Again, you're, you're gung-ho and you're good to go and you are confident. You may even see some weight loss or results. But at some point, a vacation happens or a holiday or an unforeseen event occurs and it throws you right back into your previous ways of eating. Meanwhile, you're thinking, I'm a failure, I have no willpower, and your self-esteem tanks and you start stress or emotional eating and the shame-guilt cycle repeats itself. Is this sounding familiar? Can you picture someone who this has happened to? If it's not you, maybe you know somebody who this has happened to. I hear and I see this so many times when I'm coaching and working with people. And sometimes it's a cycle that has occurred for decades, you know, 30, 40 years. I had somebody who had been dieting for 50 years come to me. And so you can imagine how strong that cycle is. So I'm going to throw some things at you that may be new to you or kind of a newer way of thinking about habits. As humans, we have specific habits that form throughout our lifetime. Sometimes they're beneficial, like brushing your teeth, and sometimes they aren't, like stress eating. A theory that I wholeheartedly believe in was created by a social scientist uh, named Gregory Bateson. And the theory is that your environment is a direct reflection of your internal world, or your external world is a direct reflection of your internal world. 
Meaning if you aren't happy with something externally, you have to start the change internally to see a difference. So this image here, and I'm going to describe it for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, it's basically picture a triangle. And the triangle has one, two, three, four, five different levels to it. So this image is an adaptation. It's adapted from Bateson's work called The Logical Levels. So many, some people might be familiar with The Logical Levels. And when I studied this, it made so much sense to me, but I tweaked it a little bit to make more sense for who I work with. Um, in, in Bateson's version, it's a little bit more broad and I didn't want to see it confusing. He has a lot more elements to it. So for what I needed it for, what, how I think of it and, and work with people on it, uh, this, is, this is kind of the scaled down version of that. So we all have what I call a default setting or the habits that we can think of as our baseline, our foundational habits. These are the habits that you always fall back to when you get off track. We resort back to what we are most comfortable with and what's easiest for us, even if it's not supporting our health. Can you kind of identify with that? So most of the time, when we set a goal or we're trying to change something, it's likely a behavior or something in our environment that we're trying to change. We say we're going to go to the gym or we're going to eat more veggies. These are behaviors. The problem is if those new behaviors or habits don't come from our beliefs or our identity, they're less likely to stick. So let me go over this triangle real quick. So again, for those of you listening to this, picture that triangle. At the base of that triangle is is identity. So that is who you are to the core, your identity. Right above that is beliefs and stories. So your identity supports your beliefs and your stories. We're going to go over this a little bit more in detail, so don't worry. And then the third level is skills or um, your capabilities, your skills or capabilities of doing something. And then you have your behavior or your habits. And then at the very tippity top is your environment or the outcome of what you're trying to do. So again, if when we, a lot of times people are setting goals around habits or goals around behaviors, and they're not paying attention to the skills or the beliefs or the identity that supports it, and that is where you can kind of fall off track. So our identity supports our beliefs. That's why it's at the bottom of the triangle. It it supports our beliefs. We then develop skills to support our beliefs. The skills then turn into our behavior or our action, which in turn creates our environment. And this may be helpful. I'll I'll post this on the podcast. I will post the image that I'm talking about or this particular slide so you can kind of follow along and listen. It may make more sense if you can kind of see it. Um, So for example, let's put this into context. For example, if you set the New Year's resolution to start going to the gym every day after work instead of coming home and watching TV, you may start out strong. But there is a reason that come February 1st, most gyms are empty and most people are are not going to the gym. It's because they were simply focusing on the behavior and not the skills, the beliefs or the identity that supports it. All lasting habits come from our identity, which turns into our foundational habits. I'm going to say that again. All of our habits and our actions are rooted in our identity. So the people who fall off the gym routine by February on a deep level don't identify as a gym goer and therefore their behaviors eventually don't support it. So let me give you another example. If you identify as, say, a vegan, 
then you will do things to support that identity and you will have an environment that supports that identity. You go to vegan restaurants, you cook vegan foods, you believe and you tell yourself the stories around why being vegan is awesome and all these things. If you identify as a couch potato or you know, my favorite one that I hear all the time, an emotional eater or a stress eater, you're identifying as that, then you will ultimately do the things to support that identity. All right, let me, let's go on to the next slide. This will maybe make a little bit more sense. So everything we do in life is consistent with your identity or who you are at a core level, everything. You know, if you're a, you know, person who identifies as Jewish, you support that identity and you do things that align with being Jewish. If you identify as a runner, I have an example later that I'll talk about. You do things that support your identity as a runner. If you want different outcomes in life, then you have to match your identity with the outcome you want to create. I see so many, so many health goals being sabotaged because the person creating the goal did not establish the foundational identity of the habits that they want to create. They simply just focus on the action. And then when the goal fails, they start with the negative self-talk, which confirms their belief and their identity doesn't change. So to change this, especially when it comes to eating habits, which is what we're here talking about today, it can be intimidating, right? You're, you're probably sitting there thinking like, this chick is telling me that I have to change who I am to be a better eater. <laughs> and, and trust me, I get it. When I'm working with someone and I have them imagine, or I, this is what we do, well, I'll have them imagine their ideal self in terms of their health. We talk about that ideal person's self-talk. What kind of things are they telling themselves, which is their beliefs. We talk about their uh, abilities. We talk about their stories that they tell themselves. Um, we talk about that person's uh, abilities and what kind of actions and habits does that person do? And ultimately, what is the result? What environment, what outcome is their ideal outcome? And sometimes this can be hard. If you've never been the version of yourself that you're trying to be, it's hard to know what habits they have, right? So for example, it was years ago, but one day I woke up and I decided I wanted to run a marathon. I don't remember what sparked that, but I decided I was like, I wanna, I wanna run a marathon. That was the outcome, that was my environment. I had no idea what someone who runs marathons thinks about or talks about or does, but that was my goal, that was my outcome. So I decided to identify as a runner. And of course, I did not know that this is what I was doing. And looking back on it and after studying this kind of concept for years, I can recognize it now. But I decided to identify as a runner. I changed my beliefs from 26.2 miles is unachievable to other people do it, I can too. You know, it's a huge shift in, our, in my thought pattern. I bought running shoes and I mapped out safe courses for me to train on so I would have the ability and the capability to train. Then I put together a training plan and formed the habit around running consistently. Do you kind of see, are you following along with how it's going up the, the tiers of the identity ladder or the, um, the pyramid? And that led me to the outcome of finishing a marathon. So all of those things went into me finishing the marathon. And along the way, you know, and I fully recognize that I'm making this example sound really easy and it's not, but I just had to kind of simplify it so you could see the point. There's a lot that can happen along the, pa the path that I just described, a lot. But if I had kept the identity of I don't run, I'm not a runner, 
Or if I'd kept the beliefs that I'm lazy and I'm going to get hurt or whatever stories we tell ourselves, then the habits would have resorted back to support those beliefs eventually. I would have stopped training because that is what I believed. So remember, identity and beliefs support habits. They're below the habits on that pyramid. I did a whole podcast episode on the power of positive thinking. If you have not done that or listened to that, go ahead and listen to that at some point. Um, it, it actually, uh, positive thinking as it relates to health, there's actually so much science and data that supports this notion. Uh, but again, that's a whole different story. I'll stay on track here. So bringing it back to your nutrition, the whole point of this chat is why you keep falling off the nutrition wagon, right? So after all we just talked about, what is the reason for you? Are you identifying as a veggie eater or are your beliefs and stories diverting you from that? Are you telling yourself that all veggies are gross or, or, you know, if you're, are you identifying as uh, somebody who's addicted to sugar and you're, you're reinforcing that with beliefs that say I'm addicted to sugar and I can't give it up. Are your outcomes your final destination are your outcomes and your environment truly aligned with your beliefs and identity to even to, to begin with. I've seen this happen a lot where somebody's doctor will tell them their cholesterol is high or their blood pressure is high and they need to lose weight. You know, maybe you've been told that or maybe a family member has been told that. Um, well, telling that to someone who's maybe been overweight their whole life, which has become their identity, doesn't help them change the habits and have lasting change. For that person, they would need to figure out which part of that triangle or that ladder needs to be addressed. And many times the identity is solid, but it's the beliefs and the stories that have been learned along the way or told to us that is the place to start. If you, at your core, feel like a young, healthy, and vibrant person, but you've constantly been told you need a diet or you can't have this to eat or that to eat, you take on those beliefs and those stories, which ultimately drive your actions and your habits. So they can kind of sabotage you. If you constantly tell yourself you're a stress eater or you're addicted to sugar, that becomes your identity. And those are the stories you are telling yourself and reinforcing it in yourself. And your habits will ultimately support this. Is that making sense? I can't see your comments, but I'll address those after. All right. So kind of to recap everything that we just talked about, and I do want to keep this shorter. I know some of you are watching this on your lunch break and everything. So the habits that you currently have, nutrition and food patterns being one of them, they are a habit. They are all supported by your beliefs and your identity. And most people fall off track with something because their core foundational habits don't align with their beliefs and their internal image of themselves. And you can change this by knowing the outcome you want and aligning your actions, beliefs, and self-image accordingly. So I know this is kind of a lot to take in. You may be like, wow, what? But my goal with this information is to stop that negative cycle of guilt and shame when we don't achieve the outcome we set out to. There are multiple areas to explore as to why something didn't change. Multiple areas. And I go through a lot of this in and more in my upcoming nutrition program called Cleanish Eating. Your mindset around your food more often than not is the maker or breaker of your long-term outcome, meaning your how you view your results, how you view yourself, your internal dialogue, your internal thinking is the maker or breaker of your long-term outcome. And everything that we just talked about is why so many people do not achieve their health goals 
And quite frankly, I was getting super tired and frustrated at seeing so many people that are amazing just trash on themselves when they didn't meet their goal. So I put together this program because I felt a need. There was a need for this. This program is a six-week dual program where I combine a balanced, more whole food, nutritional approach and guidance along with mindset work where you can explore and identify some of your food stories and beliefs and patterns so that you can infuse new stories and patterns that align with the outcome that you want, like we just talked about. And this program, though, is not for everyone. It's going to be useless to someone who simply just wants to read the material and not do the work. I mean, you can you can Google information and just get all the reading you want. But what happens when we Google something? We get 400 different resources and it's overwhelming and we end up just reading it and not making any change and putting anything into action. So we do the work in this program. There is work to be done. We do the work. And there are journaling activities, worksheets, weekly tasks and goals, and you are held accountable by myself and the others in the group. This is also not a good fit for someone with maybe say trauma or history of eating disorder. I am not a therapist and this is not meant to be a therapy program. It's thought it's more of like a thought shift program and a habit development program. Um, But I also, I don't want to leave you hanging. I do have some resources if you feel like you do need a therapist to support you um, before you, you know, you get in a good place to, to work on your eating habits. So if you are ready to shift your thoughts, ditch your diet mentality and the stories that come with that and start fresh in 2022, then I'd love to have you join us. This program starts on January 2nd. And as of today, registration is now open. So I will post the link below. There are two options for support within the program that you can check out uh, through the link. Also, because you stayed and listened or watched to the very end, there is a coupon code that you can enter in at the checkout to get $50 off the price of the program as a thank you for supporting me and listening to me and hearing me out. Um, All you need to do is enter the code LIVE50, that's capital L, capital I, capital V, capital E, But I hope this was helpful for you. Please reach out if you do have any questions and I look forward to talking with everybody soon. Bye.